Good morning. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in today. Uh, it is 89.1 FM on your station. Any trouble static, you might want to just go to uh, your iPad, your iPhone, or uh, what I do, Electra, Alexa, and just uh, put in WNZN. You can pick it up. Or go to your computer. That's the website, www.wnzn.org. WNZN.org. Okay, David. David Aboot sitting here with me. Hey, Jan. How are you? Good to be here with you as always. Another day, another show. Yes. And um, actually, we're not that far off from Easter, you know, so we're kind of looking at these different themes. But a theme that I thought we would talk about uh, before we get some of these special guests coming up in the near future is we look at the Scripture, we look at the topics, subjects, patterns in Mm -hmm. Scripture, but one major theme right from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, when God creates the whole universe and the earth, six days. But the last thing he'll make and create is man. And in chapter 1, we're going to look at this and how this affects today. I mean, this is the first chapter of the Bible, thousands of years old. But we're going to see this topic of human dignity, yep. of marriage, children, uh, weddings. Uh, how is that impacted throughout all of history, particularly biblical history, and how is it under major assault today? So we start there in uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 26, is where it'll say, um, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Right in that little first phrase, you see this idea of plurality. Yes. Us, our, our likeness. Three times you've got this, this kind of pronoun, which hints at the Trinity. We'll develop that later. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every, all the cattle, over the earth, every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God creates man in his own image. God created him. There's the singular. Now God is in the singular. Male and female, he created them. So it it talks about this is uh, the beginning. Man is different than any other animal. He's made of God's image. And then he blessed them, it says in verse 28. And he told him to subdue, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. So in a sense, man is responsible uh, for uh, the earth, be a caretaker, if you will, because he's not like all the other animals that quote unquote just live here. Man is in a very special uh, relationship uh, with a husband and wife, as well as with God, as well as with the earth. And then at the last verse of chapter one, he'll say, he'll look at everything and say, it's very good, not just good but very good. But here, here's where the issue comes in. If you, if you want, you can read chapter 2, David, verse 7, uh, 7 and 8. Okay. If you have that. Yeah, I do. Um, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Okay. So here we see it more specifically from chapter 1. How did God make man? And we, we learn here he formed him from the dust of the ground. So God, in, God got involved with man. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like a potter with clay almost. From mm-hmm. the ground, he fashions man, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man become a living being. That's important. Some say a, a soul. Um but again, man is different than all the other animals. God breathed into him. A man is unique. And then it goes on from there. 
where God is going to give man directions. What's important here too, David, is God is communicating with man. Yeah. You know, he's not like, and man's going to communicate with God. That's a big thing. I mean, God doesn't have to do that, but he's in a relationship. And even to this day, he still communicates to us through his word, scriptures, and we communicate back to him in our prayer and in praise. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I, it, it's important. Uh, you know, I just keep sitting on the in our image, you know, an understanding of who man is because knowing we are made in the image of God. And the other thing is man is different than every other order of created being because he created his cons- he create he has a created consistency with God we do uh-huh. and we're and we're not similar to angels I've heard a lot of people say like we're similar to angels um there's a huge gap between human life and angelic life nowhere are we told angels are made in the image of God and angels cannot have the same kind of relationship just as you were talking about of love and fellowship with God that we can have. I mean, that that's really important. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Bible seems to indicate they, they, they were created prior to man because we're yeah. going to see Satan is going to come down and tempt man. But um, where they are like human beings is they have free will. Yeah, it's all agency. Whereas a squirrel, a tree, a planet is yeah. as well programmed to do their thing. And, of course, we're going to see this is why Satan could rebel. I mean, he was a beautiful angel. It says in Isaiah 14, but he turned his back on God. But, um, yeah, so man is special. Uh, there's many ways we're made in God's image, but one of the ways, of course, is that uh, I said before earlier, God communicates with man. Man communicates with God. We have capacity to speak with one another. We can share abstract thoughts, you know, ideas. We have the ability to love or not to love. We have the ability to forgive or not to forgive. We're creative. We make things, you know, music, art, product, inventing. Uh, and we're the caretakers. We're the we're supposed to have uh, dominion over the earth. Yeah. yeah. So we're in a really different position than um, all the animals. And we're different in a big way, even from angels, is that when men and women come together and create a new life, that new life is made in the image of God, but it has an eternal destiny. See, there's nowhere it says angels can uh, procreate. They can't. And animals can't procreate to the point they're going to bring something that has an eternal destiny. Yeah. You know, an animal dies, he dies. It it talks about that in Ecclesiastes. Yeah, and and then the other three big uh, items that I wrote down uh, that mankind alone possesses is personality, morality and spirituality so the knowledge feelings and wealth for personality sets us apart from animals and plants morality we're able to make moral judgments and have a conscience and spirituality man is made for communion with god right you know what i guess we should talk a little bit it's on a level of spirit that we communicate with god well yeah i mean we should talk about that somewhere because it's yeah that's a whole show but the idea being that Man has an affinity for God. He here even it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, God has put eternity in our hearts. Yeah. Man has a longing for something more than yes. this life. You know, work forty years, get a watch, a retirement dinner, yeah. and get a condo in Florida. Yeah. They know there's something more, but what is it? And so it, it seems we're gonna look at this in a moment. When God created man, he have his spirit, the soul, the body interacts with this universe, you know through the five senses. The soul is personality, emotions, will, memory, but it seems like the spirit was in touch with God. 
He longs for God. He has thoughts about God. And when man sins, God says, on that day, you will surely die. Many think that the spirit was impacted somehow because the man still has a soul. He didn't die that day. Physically, he'll live over 900 years. But he doesn't have that same relationship with God. That's why we're dead spiritually. Right. That's why it'll say in Ephesians 2, uh, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Or it says in the Old Testament, the soul that sinned shall die. You see, yeah. or all have sinned and come short of the glory of God means we're separated. Well, how can we ever get that relationship again? It's through Jesus. When we accept Jesus, he gives us that spirit again. The Holy Spirit. Now we, all of a sudden, like in your life or my life, you want to learn God's word. You want to pray to God. You want to hear spiritual songs. Am I right? Yeah. You have a love for people. That, yeah. That's from God. Yeah. And, well, no question. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. But you're right, David. That could be a whole show in itself. Yes. Definitely. You know, yeah. put that down as a future show. So now he's going to expand on the directions he gives to man. In yep. Verse 15 through. Um, you in Genesis 2? Genesis chapter 2. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Maybe just through uh, 17. Here he gives a direction, right. 15 the, through 17. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay. Now, there's something important here. He gives his command to Adam. Yeah. If you notice here. Now, and then he says, he, he really stacked the deck in Adam's favor because he says, I'll give you all the trees in the garden. You can have them. Right. But what? And so I always think that God always stacks the deck in a man's favor, that we should serve God. And he's, you know, shows us uh, what to do and what not to do. But verse 18, it says, it, he says, it's not good that man should be alone. It's the right side of God says nothing yeah. is not good. Uh, I will make him a helper comparable to him. So here we see. He's going to make a wife, a companion. But it's very important to see, man, we should never be alone. You know, we should, if we're single, we should still be in community, in church, in fellowship, have friendships. If we're married, we should be in friendship. You know, it's not yeah. good to be alone. Well, look at God himself, right? Yeah. It's the Trinity. Exactly. He's, he's not alone. He's one, <laughs> right. but he's in communion, right? With the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so now what he does is very, it's a very interesting picture if how he makes wife for uh, Adam. If you look for 21 uh, through 23. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into, into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, notice this. This is a very important thing. Yeah. Um, he could have created woman the same way he created man, right? right? But he didn't. Yeah. It's the only time a woman comes out of a man. Because we, how do we come into this world? Through a woman, right. through the birth. Good point. The other thing is we're told in the New Testament in Romans 5, 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus is the last Adam or the second Adam because he gets this whole new race of people. But what did God do with, with Jesus? He put him down, yeah. not a deep sleep, but death. What was the last wound Jesus had on the side or, yeah. with the blood of the spear? The, the blood and the water came out. Then he raised him up. Mm -hmm. 
But what did the blood purchase for Jesus? Our, our freedom. The church. Yeah. The bride of Christ. Yeah. Do you see? And he says, you're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. What are we today? Not only his bride, we're his body. It says that in the New Testament. But so, what I'm trying to get is this correlation. Yeah. Once you see these patterns, David, starting early on, it shows you why this book is of God. It has to be. It's got, there, there's the beautiful pictures, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, no man could have uh, no. had the forethought to write this. No. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. It's, yeah. It, and it's exquisitely beautiful. It sure is. And it's meant for all of us believers to know these things yes. as we track it. And right. We're going to see, like, okay, he says he makes them, he says the two shall be one. He's instituting marriage. And then he says be fruitful and multiply, which suggests at this time there's no there's no pain in childbirth yeah. at this point. So it's they're in an optimum naked mm -hmm. in, a, in a place that looks like, I don't know, Hawaii on, on steroids. These gorgeous, no pain. Yeah. And see how beautiful this setting oh. is and how much we messed up oh. where we are today. Yeah. But look at the two attack points today, David. Mm -hmm. Marriage and babies. Am I right? Marriage and babies. We've In America alone, we've killed over 60 million babies in abortion. All right? Yeah. And marriage. P people don't even know what marriage is anymore. No. How you define it, how you, all these kind of different... People, but it don't, goes, know, people don't know what gender is anymore. They don't know. Yeah. And it goes where back? Way back to the beginning. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? You know, it, it, and I think that's really the gift of the Bible. You know, it, it, now that I've been a believer, even in talking to you, um, we don't have to make the, the hard decisions. Right. God already made it. He already created the design. We just have to follow it. Exactly right. And so, you know, it, it's not that we're haters of this, you know, person that thinks, you know, he's a female or we're just... We're just telling you what God says. Exactly right. And then you have to be your own judge. We're not. We're not just veering from this, saying, you know, uh, we, we we don't believe that this is the right path forward for same-sex marriages or whatever else or sex changes. We're just telling you what's in the. Exactly. Mind. There you go. Yeah. Good point. There. And that's the all. That's the only thing we're discussing. It's the you and I. Like... You and I don't have other views than what God has told us. Yeah. Um. At least that's, isn't that the way you look at it? Yeah, because once you go against this, yeah. it's like going against gravity. Right. Go against gravity, but you're going to yes. kill yourself, right? right. You can, uh, right. you know, eat poisonous food. You've right. you got the freedom to do that, but if, but if you get with God's pattern and directions, life works out. It's a lot better. It, it really is. I mean, you, you see all these kids that did the sex change and all the drugs they're on. I, I watched uh, some some video where where one of those unfortunate folks uh, was just saying that they wish they never did it because the impact it's had on them, yeah. mentally and physically. And, you know, if it's not set the way God planned it or ordained it, you see that it becomes a problem over time. So that leads us to chapter 3, what yeah. happened. And you'll see that, look in verse 1, chapter up to chapter two, right here in chapter two, everything is good. Yeah. Everything is good, right? Yeah. Everything's going to change. It's pleasant, Bill. <laughs> yeah, right. Everything is going to change. Right. Chapter three. Right. What what verse you verse one? Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?" Notice what he's doing there. Yeah. What's he doing? What's his first first words out of the devil's mouth? Is what a lie. Not a lie. 
Well, he's, he's did Gad really say he's questioning? Gad? Doubt. He's yeah, just throwing. It's right. not a, he'll he'll come in with a bold fat yeah. lie in a minute. But he starts with doubt. Yeah. This is what's coming into our culture today. Yeah. Do you believe a loving God would ever judge you? Do you believe that there's really a devil or heaven or hell? Yeah. Do you realize, do you, realize do you have a soul? I mean, you can't see it. All of these things that the Bible reveals today are up for grabs. They aren't. Just like marriage itself. So he lets him in. She starts this discussion. But remember, the command, the directions was given to Adam. What's suggested here is she's alone having this conversation, but did Adam properly teach her? Uh, he's not protecting her here, but he teach her. Did he teach her these prohibitions? He must have told her because she's repeating it in verse 2 and 3. Yeah, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Notice it. She's repeating it, but she's adding something, isn't it? Doesn't say anything about touching the tree. Yeah. It just says, don't eat, is all God told him. Here you have the example of eat, uh, changing, adding to God's word. She shouldn't do that. All these little things that are a little back here blossom as you go through the Bible till you get to this 21st century. That's interesting. I, I never caught that yeah. before. She's adding that to God's word. You must not touch it. She's adding to God's word. Oh. Yeah. And then, then, of course, what does the serpent say in verse 4? You will not certainly die. There you go. There's the lie. There's the lie. And the said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, there you have it. Now, now he's a bold-faced liar. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing today. There's there's no God. There's no, there's no right or wrong at marriage. As long as you love the person, you do you. Be true to yourself. Um, all this other nonsense. That that's that's where where we're at today. Everything is there's no moral relativity. Well, it, it's all about you. Yeah, it's all about us. And um, you know, when we become our own god, man, the that the, the that's when the lights come that's on. It, that, I mean, we, you're in big trouble if you think you're god, and uh, you know, you can create your own world. Yeah. Uh, that that's really what this is about. Yeah. If you've seen all the commercials lately and everything that comes across. Um, everything is beautiful yeah. and you can create your own world. What do you want to be today? What do you want to do today? Right. You can, it's, it's, it's like a video game. Yeah. There's no, there's a 3d video game. That's the way I see it. And it's really sad. There's no moral center of gravity. Yeah. Anymore. There's right. no up or down or right or wrong. It's just no. what you do. You, you feel good. Do it. So yeah. that there now, now he says you will, you will be like God. Well, now the problem, of course, is they, they've disobeyed God. They listened to the devil. They gave in to the temptation. Right. So in verse 6, she sees it's, the tree is good for food. It's pleasant to the eyes. It's desirable to make one wise. So she eats it. And then she gives it to her husband. What's going on here? Think about when Jesus was tempted. He says, if you be, if you be the son of God, say to these stones, be turned into bread. Remember, he was fast yeah. reported. Yeah. What did God the Father just say at the, at the Jordan River? This is my Shabbat son. And he says, if. Yeah. See, he throws doubt. Yeah. If you are the son of God. Then he says, look, look at all these kingdoms of the world. Bow down before me and I'll give them to you. Then Jesus says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then he says, oh, go to this pinnacle of the temple. Jump off. And God will give. He's using the word from Psalm 91 of that. But he's, he's misrepresented it, devil is. And Jesus answers him. 
with the scriptures to defeat him. That's what Eve did not do. Adam did not do. And that's where we're in a problem today. We don't know the Bible. We don't know God's pattern. You know, the owner's manual. You know, somebody says, when all else fails, you ever do that around Christmas time when the kids are little, you get a bicycle or something you got to put together for them? Oh, yeah. And you go, I can do this. I can do this. So you get uh, read you, got, you got all these screws and bolts left over. You go, where's the manual? Where's the manual? Yeah. Well, same thing, too. Today, yeah. we got a mess in a culture today because we got away from the owner's manual. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... Well, that that's exactly right. You know, if, if any of you saw the movie Maverick, you know, it's kind of akin to the young guy getting in with Tom Cruise and they're flying the F-14, uh-huh. which is historic, you know, really old, yeah, yeah. what they're used to. But, you know, Tom flew it before, so he, he knew how to do that. But the other kid had, had no way to figure out the radar or anything yeah. at first. He just got fortunate when he clicked the right button on. But, you know, to your point, Life's a lot easier if you know what's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. There's life, life's a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Just keep that in mind, you know. Plus, so, this life is only dark, you know. <laughs> you know what? I got to tell you, when I don't have an answer to a question, even when the kids were growing up, um, it's great to have the the word to, and even when, you know, you got friends that are going a different way or they're still in the secular world, um, you got family. You, you really can stay grounded w- with the word, and that's what it's yeah, all about. Yeah. But it also tells you, we've said this so many times, you you are in two-dimensional space. Right. You have to understand that. It's not just this physical world. There's the supernatural world, the spiritual realm, and you've got to know what the playing field is and how to protect yourself exactly. and your family. Exactly. And the Bible gives it to you. Right. Right. You're not going to get it from a self-help book. No, because man, yeah. this is the truth coming at you. Right. So now something very interesting is she gives it to her husband, but look at verse 7 of chapter 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. See, they want to yeah. cover themselves now. They See, man, man is the only creature on this earth that has clothing. Think about it, David. That goes way back to here, doesn't it? Yeah. Animals have fur, fish have scales, birds have feathers, but man sees this need for clothing. And what we're going to see is nakedness throughout the Bible is a bad thing. We're going to see that with Noah when his nakedness was exposed after he was drunk. All the way through, we're going to see that. And would you see the influx of pornography today, uh, now on the internet, but with this AI, it's way back here. It's, it's man tries to cover himself. Of course, we're going to see in this chapter, God's going to yeah. cover him differently. But notice he comes on the scene, but then something happens in verse 8 and seven, eight and 9. Then, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. There you go. Look at the, the first thing they do, they cover themselves. They cover their shame and guilt. Second thing they do, they hide, right? Third thing is they're, is they're, is they're scared now, you know? But isn't it interesting? It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hear God walking in the garden, and what is he saying? 
He says, Adam, where are you? That's, he, he says, that's the first question he asks in the Bible. Where are you? Well, when God comes down, when Jesus comes down to earth in his yeah. ministry, it says in Luke chapter 19, the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. The same thing God's doing here. Jesus came out of the sea yeah. thousands of years later. What's yeah. he doing? He's looking and to save. Well, what God's going to do, he's going to find Adam, I mean, and Eve, and he's going to start working out his redemptive plan. He's going to work, get away from work them back in. Yeah, and you know when I'm reading the verse, those verses, the first thing I think about is separation from God. Yeah, right. So they broke the bond, uh, game over, uh, everything. They're scared. You know, they're they're no longer feeling that protection that they had with God, and that is such a big issue. You know, you can just see how it uh, came into our society after the fall here. Um, with people being more dependent on things to keep their minds numb. Oh, yeah. You know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever. Man always tries to cover yeah. up guilt because it just nags at you. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And you can you can quiet it, like you said, with alcohol, yeah. entertainment, drugs, travel, anything that they could just get you away from that guilt. You know, the other thing that comes to mind is one of the biggest issues today is competition. You know, what your neighbor's doing, what other people are doing, other companies. And look how beautiful and peaceful it was. Yeah. There was harmony in yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. Just peaceful environment. And now now look at it. Now everything is out of, of alignment. It is. It's because, totally out of alignment. Because what yeah. happens is, he says he says to the serpent, verse 13, the, he says to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle of the field. You go on your belly. But he says, this is important, verse 15. To the, he says, to the serpent, or devil, I will put enmity between you and the mm. woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So many call this the gospel of the book of Genesis, because what he's saying to Satan, he's saying, her seed, the seed of the woman, well, the seed is in the man. But here, when does the woman have the seed? That's the virgin birth. It has the idea of a virgin birth. But what's going to happen? It says, the devil, Satan, he this this seed of the woman that's coming will bruise your head. That's the that's the kill shot when you hit the head, right? That's the, what it says in the New Testament. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the evil one. Yeah. But in the process, what's going to happen? Satan will do what? Bruise his heel. Yeah. Whose heel? The seed of the woman, the yeah. Messiah. Yeah. What does it say in Isaiah fifty-three? He was wounded for our transgressions. Mm -hmm. He was bruised for our iniquities. It's perfect. You see how this thing stretches? Yeah. Now you're getting these redemptive arcs going on. All the way through. All the Seamers. way through. Yeah. Notice it says here, he will bruise your head. Well, where did Jesus get victory over Satan? At the cross, right? right? Yeah. Where was the cross? Location. What was it called? Gethsemane. No. Um, That's where he prayed. Oh, yeah. Golgotha. Gol yeah, what does Golgotha right. mean? Place of the, the skull. What did he beat there? Yeah, right. Crushed his head right there at the place of the skull. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. And then the woman, he says, okay, about childbirth now. It's more than interesting. It is, isn't it? <laughs> right? And now we're going to see there's a change in nature, yeah. talking to what you were saying. Yeah. He says to Adam in verse 17, you have heeded the voice of your wife, you've eaten of the tree. Cursed is the ground. Notice God doesn't curse Adam and Eve. He curses the ground. You have to toil now. Before they were more like keepers of the garden, you know, kind yeah. of gardeners. Now it's you're going to 
plow and, and you know, you gotta gotta work the land. Yeah. And now look what's coming out. Thorns and thistles. See, something has now entered into the created order that wasn't there before, which suggests earthquakes and tornadoes. All of this stuff yeah, is coming. Stuff, yeah. And how will Jesus be crowned, of course, with thorns, right? Yeah. And then uh, you shall eat the herbs of the field, the sweat of your face. You'll return to the ground, for you are taken out of her. Dust you are, dust you shall return. Here's that idea that man was formed from the ground. He's going back. And then it says what? Adam, uh, and for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So notice this. What they had was not adequate. It was fig leaves, right? Yeah. Something they made with their hands. God made it out of animal skins that tells you what? That innocent died for, for the them. guilty. Yeah. There's substitutionary going on there. There was the shedding of blood. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And it's God's initiative to do this. So to do this, they had to take off their fig leaves and put on this tunic of skins, animal skins. Only one thing Jesus cursed in his earthly ministry on, in the Gospels. Because of fig leaves, yeah. He went to that tree right yeah. before his passion into Jerusalem. It had no fruit. It only had fig leaves, leaves specifically right. fig leaves coming from here. Yeah. And it spoke of a system of religion to try to cover guilt, but no fruit. See, no light. So yeah. it's very, so my point being that once you see these correlations in scripture, things start really like popping. You go, oh yeah, I see this relationship now. And I see what God is pointing us towards. Right. That one day, clothing is like a big issue. I think we did a show on it once, clothing. We but did. Clothing yeah. is a big issue because the, the priest had to properly clothe. Joseph had a special coat of many colors. Um, when he's being tempted by Potiphar's wife, she grabs his cloak and runs. he runs off. Uh, in the New Testament, you have to have the right clothing if you go to the wedding feast. Yeah. Uh, beggars are off. If you repent, you're going sackcloth and ashes. In the book of Revelation, we're going to wear white robes that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. So my point being that clothing is very important, and just as important as clothing is, lack of clothing, nudity, or nakedness is usually very bad. And again, when you go fast forward to today where we're at with the multimedia and uh, videos and AI, this pornography is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to younger and younger and younger viewership. It's really bad. I mean, oh, yeah. it shows a culture that's degenerating. You know, we're in it. And I watched uh, this AI robot, and I couldn't believe the mannerisms uh, of their uh, of its face while it was interacting with the human. That's going to be big, big trouble. Big trouble. Well, they're going to be creating, you know, women AI. Well, uh, the thing with AI, Dave, as you know as well as me, is that it's exponential. Oh, yeah. We used to go, you know, even in great inventions, you tend to go one, two, three, maybe jump four, six in terms of creativity. Mm -hmm. Now it's going like from two to 200, 200 to 2,000. And that rapidity, it, what's going on? And we talked about this before. Man's knowledge or information is just from, from the turn of the 19th century when the Industrial Revolution come in and then we come in post-World War II, you start getting computers and radio and TV. It, it, it starts going up, but when you come into our yeah. 60s and with the with the internet and everything, yeah, communication, it's like a rocket ship. The information you could grab it, 
But the problem is this: wisdom has not increased with knowledge. Yes. And so all we we have all this information, all this really superior knowledge, faster and faster. But wisdom, wisdom is the right application of right knowledge. We don't know how to use it. You see what I'm saying? We don't know how to use it. And it's really a serious issue. It's a big issue. Yeah, it's a big issue. You know, you have to get to the point um, where you start to wonder, just because we can, should we? Yeah, right. And the problem is there's not enough people that think that way. Uh Uh, Everybody's looking for self-gain and profitability of this new AI. Yeah. And it is taken over the market from artificial intelligent trading, which I was involved in years ago, to um, these robots, to military droids that can actually replace soldiers, also um, having these droids replace workers in the field. The list goes, they're making robotic dogs um, like we saw in Transformers that are incredible, that they can go over enemy lines and the speed, you know, their jumping ability, they can carry, you know, uh, you know, uh, armor, you know, ammunition, whatever they need, bombs. It's just a brand new world. We're going. Yeah. Here's the thing: the more advanced we get, the more we got to go back to the basics. We do. You know, there is a God. He's 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 blessed us. He's got requirements and restrictions that we can live a happy life. And relationship is the key to life. First, that relationship with God through Jesus. And then relationship with one another, and and if we yeah. break those, if we break that down, we're suffering across the day. They say anxiety, depression, suicide, off the charts, man. It, it is, and you know the the crazy thing is we have that inventor character trait because we're created exactly. as a God, mm-hmm. but God is all knowing, so everything. I mean, you know, we talked about this. If if he if we, he were to lay out in Genesis exactly how he did everything yeah. in a science type document how long would that be yeah. and we wouldn't even understand it exactly so it, um it'd be looking at the gene code trying to figure that out yeah but when we're building stuff and can't control it that's the problem yeah exactly right that's the problem and we, we are not all knowing like god so even though he gave us the character traits we have to know when not to pick from that tree, right. the fruit on that tree. Right. right. I, I see it as being very similar yeah. to our technology advancements. To do, and yeah. he tells us things not to do. And one of the reasons the flood came, God yeah. had a judgment, <laughs> is he says their imaginations were running wild. Yeah. They were very wicked and violent. And he says, because in a sense, when he, God created man, it's almost like he took a risk yeah. because he gave us free will and he gave us a, a bright mind. Uh, and that's why animals don't conspire to wipe out the whole other animal. You know, what I mean, yeah. But we we put our heads together and we can make these incredible weapon systems and and put chemicals together, yeah. biologicals. And why? Because our heart is wrong. Our right. heart is deceitfully wicked. It's not. It's that good. We're 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 no different than Adam and Eve trying to be like God. Yeah. We're no different than the enemy trying to be like God. Yeah. That's why these continuing, you know, uh, labors to increase technology, build the tallest building, like you see in yeah. uh, Saudi, it, it's, uh, we're doing the same thing yeah. as what happened in the Bible before. Right. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And so there you have it. But what is a couple of interesting things here. He sends them out of paradise. Yeah. They, he doesn't want them to get the right. tree of eternal life because they'd be in a fallen condition. But th- then we see what happens 
their first offspring, Cain and Abel, what happens to show you how far man is now degraded? Mm-hmm. It says Cain is the firstborn, and then Abel. Abel's a, a shepherd, and the Cain is a like a farmer. And they come to make a sacrifice to God. But look what they do in in verse three in, in chapter four, three through five. Um. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So you see, he's upset. He's got a bad attitude. And the Lord said to him, verse 6, Why are you angry? Why is your confidence? If you do well, see, that's the key, his motive, his attitude. Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, look at that. Sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Notice it's almost like an animal encroaching. Yeah. It wants to, you know, where Peter says, be alert, be aware. Your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he... See, there's this something evil here that wants to influence him. And so he talks with his brother Abel, and if it comes to pass, he rises up and he kills his brother. Yeah. That's the first we see this idea of killing. And then the Lord right away says, where's your brother Abel? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? That's the first question man asks in the Bible. And he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So look at this guy, Abel, and how he's a little miniature picture of Jesus. Number one, what's his occupation? He's a shepherd. Yeah. Jesus is the good shepherd. Number two, Jesus, it says he comes to his own and yeah. don't, don't receive him, mm-hmm. that house of Israel. Yeah. Number three, they were jealous of him. His fellow men were jealous of him. Number three, four, he offers a perfect sacrifice, right? Number five, um, we know that judgment came on Israel after Jesus' death and you know resurrection and his ascension. Number six is his Abel's blood cried out from the ground, yeah. but Jesus for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus is is in the heavenlies and it cries out for mercy. Do you see when you get these little snapshots of Jesus? That's why he says, "Search the Scriptures; they testify of me." There's many points of similarity as we go through the Book of Genesis that point to Jesus. Wow. You know, and so it's really remarkable. So what happens now as we move forward there is the idea of marriage. Yeah. We talked about it. It starts with Adam and Eve. Marriage is very important in the book of Genesis because you see these families like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, how they marriage. Some of their families are kind of dysfunctional, but marriage is an integral part of that. But what happens oftentimes is they they break the marriage bonds. They have a mistress. They get somebody else, you know, Abraham gets Hagar. Right. He should have done that. Jacob is is, is misled even on his wedding night. Uh, all of these kind of things are interactive, but nevertheless, marriage is a solid first institution that God gives man. It, marriage is, is like the basic element. Just like the cell is the basic element of the human body, so too an atom is the basic unit of the physics of nature, uh, so too of society, the marriage is critical. Yeah, yeah. the Bible describes the first marriage and uses it, uh, the word helper, to identify Eve in Genesis 2.20, to help 
in his context means to surround, to protect, to aid. And when God created Eve to come alongside Adam, his other half, um, marriage causes a man and woman to become one flesh. Right. You know, it, and that's really important. Um, you know, I, I was telling our son, uh, when when you uh, are married, you know, you become one um, with your spouse, and we're not gonna we're not gonna infringe. Yeah. You know, we're here for advisement and help and support. Is always we're your parents, but. You guys are on your own. We cut the umbilical cord. That's what Scripture says. Exactly right. So, exactly right. Um, that's a good point, Dave. Yeah, and you know that's also a lot of issues for a lot of families. I mean, I just know before I came to the Lord how involved my Middle Eastern family was. Yeah, and it's almost like they weren't aware of this <laughs> scripture. Where husband will leave. I mean, man will like, leave his his Yeah, no means no. You know. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's see. So yeah, I can I can get into Genesis two twenty, okay. but it's it's a, it's a real issue for free young couples. Two twenty four. Uh, it's Genesis two. Two twenty four. Oh, it's twenty four. Uh-huh. Uh, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flat. But that I leaving and yes. cleaving. Leaving and cleaving, and that some don't do that. No, you know, in, in but a lot of this oneness is manifested fully in the physical union of sexual intimacy. Right, right, where they become one. That's why the real issue with the same-sex marriage it just it just doesn't follow. It breaks the pattern. It just doesn't follow yeah, what God right, says. Right, I mean, right. we're not we're not giving you our views. We're just reading you what exactly right. Today. This is how this is the model, the prototype. This yeah, is the acceptable. So you're right. When you go through Genesis, almost every sexual sin is listed in the book of Genesis from prostitution to incest to polygamy. Yeah. But it's, it's to show like warning signs on the highway mm-hmm. that God has put in these guardrails. Yes. For our benefit. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to be mean and spirited to us. But let me give you an example. Uh, in the old West, in the old days, uh, right. families built a house or a cabin. The center part of it was the the hearth, or the hearth, was the fireplace because it, it provided warmth, it right. provided light. Mm-hmm. They could cook meals on it. Uh, they could heat the water on it. Yeah, and all of these good features. It actually where we get the word heart comes from a perth. It's the center. Okay, it's good because it's in that contained yeah. fireplace. Right. Now, what if some <clears throat> of the teenagers took some hot charcoals out there and took it out to the loft in the bar? What if some of the toddlers took one or two and went out? into their bunk bed over here. What if they didn't tend it right and it just some of the sparks and the and the flames coming over here? In other words, if they don't protect that which is a blessing to the family, what does it become? Destructive. Yes. What's happening in popular culture today because we're not practic- protecting the institution of marriage and sex within the confines of marriage. What's happening? Destruction. You see, you always remember that illustration of the, of the hearth it's or the family one. fireplace. It's a good one. Because it's meant for good. Yeah. That's what I tell people. It's meant for good. But what we've done is destruction. It is. All up and down the line. And we don't know who we are anymore. I know. You know, we yeah. we were in a moral free fall because we just don't know who we are. But, you know, you think of HIV and all these other things. And, you know, God did it for a reason. There would be none of it. If if we if we obey what we just read, This we don't have much longer on this program. Right. If we just... Follow God's directions. Do mm-hmm. you realize, David? Huh. There'd be no uh, eight, all these HIV and all these uh, venereal disease. 
There will be no unwanted babies. There will be no mm-hmm. amount of violence, alcoholism, depression, yeah. suicide related to divorce and separation and jealousies because of affairs and all this other stuff. You wouldn't have it. You would have a confined family unit that's that's bringing up other children to be in confined family units. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you look at it and it's so simple, it's complex. Am I right? Yes. And it being a Christian, you know, being blessed to have you is a matter, but also walking with you. I can say that the beautiful thing about Christian brothers and sisters mm-hmm. is kind of, it's very similar to the Garden of Eden before sin. There's no skeletons in the closet with family stuff or issues like that. They are all focused on the love of Christ and a lot of them and doing good and helping each other. And you know what? It really is that there's harmony there. Yeah, right. Because we're all working as the same body. Remember, we talked about that. People have different skill sets and churches and you're helping each other. But you all have different talents and it really works that way. Um, And so... Is you become a Christ follower, what was destroyed comes back to being good, um, and you get on, you get back underneath God's protection, and that's what allows you to do what you're doing, to do good and to have the love in your heart. Right. You're kind of going back to before the era where where the fruit was eaten from the forbidden tree. Right. So that's right. really what it's all about. It's a yeah. good point. So right after that happened, what do you yeah. get? There's discord with yeah. man and God yeah. right away. You know, man's out of fellowship with yeah. God. Number two, man is out of fellowship with his wife. Yeah. Partner. He says, she made me do it. He made me, you know, you got all this kind of victimization stuff. Then with the earth, the earth's not the same. We got to yeah. toil and scratch out a living. You got an adversary that's let loose now. This, this, they, you see, you see, so everything is out of alignment. Now, mm-hmm. from chapter two and <laughs> Genesis yeah. to the second last chapter in Revelation, right. when you get a new heaven, a new earth, we're in this valley. Some call it the Valley of Woe or the Valley of Tears. We're in it, but God is working out his redemptive plan right. to bring us to the end. The end is a new heaven, a new earth, new bodies. And it's a beautiful storyline, if you see. And marriage is an integral part in it because what we're going to look at, just for a couple of minutes before yeah. we finish, David, huh? you have natural Adam and Eve marriage or man and woman going through. Mm-hmm. You see how man disrupts that yeah. all the way through Scripture. Yeah. Even the heroes like David. Huh? taking Bathsheba and oh. uh, Abraham taking an extra wife and Solomon with hundreds of So they break that natural, uh, but we get all these admonitions, don't do that in Proverbs and then the beautiful Song of Solomon. But what's also the overarching that is God is viewed, he views himself as the husband of Israel. There's many verses that say uh, uh, he's our husband. I mean, if you look at, uh, if you want to look at Isaiah uh, chapter um, th- 54, um, look at Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah uh, 5? Yeah, see what he's, he's uh, saying. Chapter 5? Uh, go 54. Go oh. Isaiah 54, verse uh, 5 through 8. Isaiah 54, 5 through 8. Okay. For your maker is your husband. There, stop there. Say it again. For your maker is your husband. See, God is talking to Israel. Your maker is your husband. Go on. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. See that? He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. There. A wife who married young. See that? See that marriage? Indicate between 
that's the big overarching uh, spiritual uh, marriage, if you will. It says this in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14. Return, O backsliding children, that's Israel, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will, I will take you from the city and to from the family, and I will bring you to Zion. I will give shepherds to feed you. But it's that idea. Uh, he says a similar thing in verse 6. The Lord also said to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and she's played the harlot. And I said to her, after she had done all these things, return to me, but she did not return to me. This is the image of uh, uh, adultery. You know, the, the, the Israel didn't stay true to Jehovah God, but they went after the Canaanites, the Hittites, idolatry, immorality. But he's, 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 he's bringing them as a wife. The other, yeah, just look at that metaphor. So let's look at uh, look at Hosea just for a moment. Hosea, oh, where? Uh, uh, the book of Hosea, uh, right later in one of the minor prophets, Hosea uh, chapter 2, verse 14. And he's talking about Israel again. God is saying to Israel, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her the vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of the youth, as in the days when you came up. So he's, he, then he says in verse 16, And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband right. and no longer my master. Do you see that relationship? Yes. So we can expand on it, but I want to move it now to the New Testament. Jesus comes and John introduces Jesus that he is the best man and Jesus is the bridegroom. That's a, that's a very important uh, title for our Lord. Okay. John chapter 3, verse 29. If you want to look at that, David. John 3, verse 29. Sure. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. See, he's putting himself in the, put it like the best man, <clears throat> introducing the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Matthew chapter 9, verse 15, it will say this. It will say, um, uh, Can friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. He's talking about his disciples not fasting, but he's, he's making, Jesus is saying he's the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. That's important because what he's doing is he's reestablishing this marriage relationship between God and his people. Right. Of course, the bride is the church. We're going to see that. It's really cool, I mean, how this thing flows together. But if you look at... Um, like Ephesians chapter 5, uh, just for the sake of time, we're, we're moving on it pretty good. But if you look at Ephesians chapter 5, uh, this is very, really powerful language here, how he, he says it. Uh, uh, look at uh, verse 22, uh, uh, 22 through 24. Okay. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, 
so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. So now we're seeing this relationship, husband and wife, Christ in the church. Right. And then verse 25 says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Do you see this union? So look, just as it says Adam and Eve uh, became one, right? You become one flesh. Well, our union with Jesus as Christians, the bride of Christ, is so close that when Jesus knocks Apostle Paul, Saul, to the ground on the road to Damascus, and he says, he says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute who? Me. But where's, who's Saul persecuting? Well, he's the Christians. Yeah, where's Jesus at this time? He's sitting at the throne, yeah. but he, where he's so linked with the church, yeah. to touch the church, you're touching him. Yeah, and, and that's the bride. That's the bride. He's protecting you the see bride. that union? Yeah, he's protecting the bride. But what it says to you and me, David, yeah. is that's how close we are with God. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like that's why he uses images like the vine and the branches. They're like this, or um, uh, a temple, stones, holy stones. We're like locked in, yeah. or a bride and a wife, like locked in. You know, it's powerful, yeah. And so, who wouldn't want that? That's it. I mean, we're, th that's how close God wants our relationship with Him. It, it, it's you, so amazing, David. It's like it's, a salesman yeah. offer you all these benefits and all this, and, and people are walking away from it. And here's why I always, they don't understand it, Jay. Don't, they it's don't called what? It. They're not unexamined it, unbelief. Th they're not putting the time into it. We were all there, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's unexamined unbelief. And sometimes you feel like jumping up and down and say, "People, at least look." Read this, yeah. and then when it comes to the marriage bond, yeah. um, it said, "Look at verse same chapter. Look at verse thirty uh, through thirty-two. Same chapter, okay. Ephesians thirty through thirty-two. Uh -huh. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh." Genesis. Okay, go on. Yeah. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. You see what he's done there? Yeah. He's going from way back in Genesis where we started the program of Adam and Eve coming together. Yeah. And then he's fast forwarding. He's using that example, that prototype of Christ and the church. It's so powerful, the imagery. Yeah. And then and lastly, I just want to say, when you get to the book of Revelation, that's when you see this whole marriage theme Constant, well, before you get there, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Paul says this, For I am jealous of you to the church with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. There he's referring to the church again yeah. in this marriage mode. And then finally, in Revelation, we'll stick with this. Look at chapter 19, verse 7 of Revelation. Revelation. Chapter 19, verse 7. Uh, verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. There you go. Yeah. Where did Jesus' earthly ministry start out? Where was his first miracle? Wedding feast of Canaan. What's the last one? It's a wedding feast. The end of the day. And look at chapter 21, verse 2. Of Revelation. Uh -huh. yes. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And finally, 22, verse 7, the end of the book, it says, 
and the Spirit and the Bride, which is the church, say, Come, and let him who is come, and he who is thirsty come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Here the Holy Spirit and the church are saying to people, Come, come, come to the feast. But you got to be saved first to come. But my point being, yeah. from beginning to end, you have this marriage yeah. metaphor working its way out. Wow, beautiful. So, so again, folks, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, uh, we look for some special guests in the near future, David, and uh, we got some kind of on the back burner that'll be very interesting. But until then, have a you know, have a blessed weekend, and uh, God bless you. If you've heard this message today and you're not sure what it's all about. Uh, it, investigate it. You know, a, a church, a Bible-believing church in your neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. Um, Don't wait. You know, there's some great <laughs> ad, uh, reports out there. But I also encourage people, if you're just on your own somewhat and you're not really sure, just get a New Testament or go online and just read the Gospel of John. Just read one chapter per day and ask God prayerfully, ask God to, to uh, reveal himself through that. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless.